Kentucky Hikers, it's Media Mike here with your Kentucky Hiker Project podcast for Thursday, August 25th, 2022. This episode is benefiting Kentucky Natural Lands Trust, a nonprofit organization whose mission it is to expand our public lands. And we're going to help them out with a thousand bucks so they can add another acre for the good guys. That's us. On today's episode, we're going to talk about uh, the last trip that I did down to Pine Mountain. Uh, the feature hike this week is Count's Cabin to Big Toe Rock. Uh, on the skills segment, we're going to talk about hiking sloped slabs, which is something that you'll encounter quite often when you're down in that region. And then uh, on the Leave No Trace, uh, we're going to talk about the party crowd and the seven principles of Leave No Trace. So we'll get straight to it. The uh, hike this week was Count's Cabin to Big Toe Rock. This was probably one of my favorite hikes that I have ever done uh, lifetime to date. And so to have this occur uh, on Pine Mountain, which is a place that I love, and to be able to enjoy this experience, it really was uh, just a phenomenal day out there on the trail. Um, along the way on this uh, hike, you get to see a rock shelter, a rock house, a natural bridge, uh, tons of clifftop views, and one amazing rock with a seriously epic view. And uh, to highlight that, I actually did something a little special for you guys. And um, if you go to the website and you check out this hike, you'll see this all the standard stuff that I normally put on there, maps, uh, GPS waypoints, you know, trail navigation, parking, all that stuff. But you'll also see a button that says View Photosphere from Big Toe Rock. And so if you click on that, that'll open a, uh, a new window in your web browser uh, on Google Photos. You'll uh, click or tap it again, and then you'll see this little circle arrow. And so just hit that thing. And then from there, you can actually just kind of use your uh, mouse or your thumb uh, in order to kind of maneuver around the view. And that'll give you a really good look at what I experienced while I was up at the top. So um, on Pine Mountain, this is the, exactly the kind of hike that I was looking to document. Uh, there are a handful of others that are similar in nature to this hike. So this basically goes from the base of the mountain up to the ridge top. And so it's a total of, uh, let's see, clocked in at 4.84 miles, 1,311 feet of elevation gain. I listed the overall difficulty as moderate to strenuous, and that's relative uh, terms. Uh, so in Kentucky hiking, this would be on the strenuous side of things compared to what you've probably experienced. If you've ever hiked big mountains before, this is certainly on the moderate side. Uh, if not a little bit on the easy side. So the <clears throat> GPS waypoints that I list here, it's everything from the trailhead, the rock shelter. Uh, there's a fork in the trail. This is actually a lollipop uh, trail. It's Count's Cabin, uh, trail number 201C, if you're on the U.S. Forest Service map um, in Jefferson National Forest. And uh, I have a turn here to the Sulphur Springs. Some people would call this a cave. Um, really, it's just a giant rock house. And then uh, the junction, finally, when you get up to the ridge with the Pine Mountain State Scenic Trail. And of course, uh, the two uh, stops up at the top include the Pine Mountain Natural Bridge and Big Toe Rock. Um, I will say that the Natural Bridge was actually a really nice addition to this hike. Um, the objective was really to get to Big Toe Rock and enjoy the big view there. Um, but the Natural Bridge is actually kind of unique. It's something that's a little bit unusual in formation compared to what you've seen. Uh, throughout the rest of Kentucky because it is formed from conglomerate um, sandstone and so it makes for a really neat um, picture especially up close to get uh, all the little pebbles and everything inside of it and so as far as parking goes it's a piece of cake uh, they have a nice uh, gravel lot here uh, it's located off of a country road I believe it's it's 611 if I remember correctly and um, that is essentially the very, very similar type road to uh, Kentucky 715. Um, there is no dividing line. And so just be careful when you're driving, stay on your side of the road. 
and watch out for uh, locals who like to drive it maybe a lot faster than what you would be comfortable with. Um, in terms of trail navigation, this is a marked trail. Um, it starts out in Jefferson National Forest and then it goes up to the top, which is then um, the Pine Mountain State Scenic Trail, which is actually part of the Kentucky State Park System. And so you've got two different land managers um, in, in coordination here. And um, this Counts Cabin Trail is really just, it's an old forest road, so it's double track all the way up. Um, you can do it as a lollipop or as I did on this one, it's just a straight out and back um, using the west fork of this uh, lollipop. And so um, these connector trails that come up to the, uh, you know, the Pine Mountain State Scenic Trail are really valuable, um, not only just because you can uh, turn these into day hikes instead of having to backpack, you know, uh, 15, 20 miles in order to get to this view. Um, it's really nice because you can um, use these as uh, stopping points or starting points if you're going to be backpacking the 55 plus miles uh, along the Pine Mountain uh, trail system that's intact right now. So as far as hiking, this one goes, it's, um, it is a lot of uphill. And so once you start uphill, you just keep going uphill. And really the only break is to drop down just slightly to see the big rock house, um, you know, which was, I guess, purported to be the source of seven different sulfur springs, um, you know, sometime back in the day. So the, the big, of course, stop is at the end of the uh, out and back, which, you know, is uh, Big Toe Rock. And basically what it is, it sits above a really high cliff line uh, that is inside of the mountain or on the mountain there. And uh, it's just a, a perfectly, uh, you know, just a, a wonderful solitary perch that you can have a sit and really take in the views. I probably spent, I would say, 15 to 20 minutes up there and really enjoyed my time just kind of looking around. It was essentially me, uh, four turkey vultures and one red-tailed hawk. Um, and so that was, uh, that's the only, only thing that I saw out there besides me. On the way up, I did uh, hear a bear that I scared off uh, when I'm hiking solo in bear country. I do tend to talk a lot out loud, and then that uh, typically gives uh, black bears in the area enough warning so they can just kind of, um, you know, take off away from the trail. And so I had one that, um, you know, heard my wonderful voice and uh, took off through a rhododendron thicket, which was extremely loud. Um, and so that's typically how you can tell whether or not it's a bear or a deer um, or some other smaller animal. Um, bears are extremely loud uh, when they're moving around and it's because they're just lumbering around and they, they generally don't care about um, going right through a, a row of rhododendron. So anyway, um, so that was kind of nice. And I did see another bear the night before um, when I was coming off of one of the views just outside of Kingdom Come State Park. So. Um, in terms of black bears, this is a very rich environment for them. And so just be aware uh, that when you're out there in this region, it's best to carry um, bear spray. It's good to make plenty of noise. Uh, we did have one instance uh, years ago where I was hiking with uh, some friends of mine and, uh, you know, came around a corner um, and we, we were going uphill. So there wasn't a lot of talking going on at that point, um, especially on a 96 degree day. Um, in the sun. So, you know, really spooked a black bear at the, at, you know, rounding this corner. And so to avoid that in the future, uh, I was just like, I'm just going to make a little noise while I'm up there. So anyways, um, the biggest challenge with this uh, hike is actually with the amount of erosion on this trail. And so uh, the trail, you know, it does have a couple of switchbacks, but for the most part, it's, it's more or less straight up the mountain. And what that does is it creates, uh, you know, a pathway or a channel for erosion. 
and over the years this has washed out uh, all the way down to the bedrock. Um, this is exactly the same thing that you can see at Cloud Splitter in Red River Gorge. And so the difference is that on Pine Mountain it's a big escarpment. Um, and so geologically there you can imagine that you have kind of a deck of cards that you're getting ready to shuffle. And so right before you start shuffling and letting them go, it's almost like a tent. And so you've got one side um, you know, that has rock going one way and the other side has rock going another way. And so on Pine Mountain coming up this, it's always going to be sloped and it's not perfectly sloped. And so um, I was hiking during dry conditions, which is strongly recommended for this hike. Um, but during wet conditions, this would very quickly turn into a stream. Um, the rock would be made even more slick. And that's why we're going to talk on the skills segment about how to hike on this type of terrain. Um, as far as camping goes here, there uh, it's in uh, Jefferson National Forest. And so the typical um, forest, national forest rules apply. If you can find a camping spot, you know, 300 feet off the trail, 100 feet from uh, rock shelters, um, you know, then that's perfectly fine, just wherever you can find a flat spot. I can tell you that there's uh, two areas with heavily impacted, um, you know, camping or campsites. And one is at the rock shelter, you know, Count's Cabin Rock Shelter, which is uh, pretty, you know, a short little walk from the trailhead. And then one is a little bit further up, which is where that rock house is. Both are big time party spots. And we'll talk more about that in the Leave No Trace segment. Um, for sunrise and sunset, um, this Big Toe Rock is an ideal place. Uh, for sunset, it's fantastic. Um, Pine Mountain is almost always a great sunset spot. Most of the views face west, um, and so it's always uh, kind of nice. Ideally, though, um, you want to be there for sunrise or sunset um, closer to the summer solstice, and that's just uh, when the sun has a more northerly track. Um, it's a great time to be there, and so you can actually catch sunrise uh, from this spot, um, you know, close to the summer solstice. And then, you know, year round sunrise is pretty good here. So, or, you know, if you just want to look over at the fog layer on the other side of the mountain. So, um, as far as the slickness of the terrain, because it was dry, it wasn't too bad, but there were still plenty of spots where, uh, you know, my foot would slide. And so, um, that one is just something you just have to be careful of. Um, while you're out there, but the views are absolutely spectacular. Uh, that is not an understatement at all. And um, when you go and you pop open that um, that photosphere, that should pretty much uh, give you an idea of how awesome that spot is. Um, so not an easy hike to get up. You know, 1,300 feet of elevation gain is you know you're out there doing something. You're going to break a sweat, um, but the the payoff is tremendous. And this is exactly the kind of hiking that I love to do. You know, something that's going to be a little physical. But then at the same time, once you get up there, it's like it's just it's fully rewarding. So anyway, so that's the hike. Um, I would strongly suggest doing this. Um, you know, I had somebody ask whether or not it was something that could be done solo. Um, and without a doubt, I mean, it's Mark Trail. You follow the blue blazes on the way up, which blue blazes are um, what they use in that section of Jefferson National Forest. Once you get to the top, it's yellow blazes along the um, Pine Mountain State Scenic Trail. And those are reflective, so those are nice, um, especially uh, if you're hiking at night, maybe to catch sunrise, um, that, or if you're hiking back down uh, after sunset. So, <clears throat> so the hike, definitely worthwhile. Um, the hike starts on the Virginia side of the mountain, and so it's not easy, to, it's not easy as far as driving there. Um, but trust me, between the drive and the hike up, you know, the price that you pay, it's uh, more than repaid once you get to the top and uh, catch that big view. All right, and so the 
skills segment today, we're going to talk about uh, hiking those slope, uh, sloped slabs. And so essentially the, ex the exposed bedrock, you know, after the topsoil is completely washed down, um, it's, it's, it kind of takes on the, the slope of the mountain um, because this is sedimentary rock and so the surface is flat and pretty slick. And because of the way that the mountain uh, was formed, you know, this stuff just, I mean, it's just basically like, you know, you're on angled slope um, on big sections of this hike. So the, the best advice I can give you on hiking this type of stuff to avoid taking a pretty big fall um, is to keep your feet on the low side of the slab. So you can imagine that the, the slab is going to be angled and maybe the left side, like on the way up, mostly on the left side, um, would be the low side. And on that side was also soil so that you would at least have something, you know, that you could uh, put your foot against beyond just the, the slick slab. So uh, keep your feet on the low side. Uh, it's ideal to take hiking poles with you for balance and stability. Um, this is particularly helpful on the way down. And speaking of on the way down, just keeping a low center of gravity, we had just talked about on the podcast on uh, a previous episode, you know, what it is to hike, um, you know, on, on these types of slopes. You know, you have to bend your knees and hips, you know, pitch forward just ever so slightly to stay in balance. And, you know, the biggest thing is just avoid stepping on the middle or high portions of these slabs um, because what happens is you can lose your balance very quickly. Your feet will fly out from underneath you and you'll take a, a really nice fall. Uh, when I was hiking up in the White Mountains, uh, a friend of mine took a really nasty fall on some granite slab um, that had been wet and, you know, just it definitely, uh, definitely was not a good outcome. All right. And so, you know, the main thing is when you're out there, just try to do everything you can to maintain stability, keep that low center of gravity and um, and just really don't trust your foot plant uh, at all unless you've got something outside of just that slab of rock um, that you're putting your foot against. So. All right. And then in our leave no trace segment, uh, we're going to talk about all seven of these uh, principles. And it's mainly because the party spots I, I've, I've been over on this trail a couple of different times now. And um, <clears throat> this is the first time I recorded the whole thing all the way up to the top. But, um, you know, the rock shelter uh, down low uh, toward the trailhead and then the rock house are both big time uh, party spots. Um, one time I went to the uh, Count's Cabin, the, the rock shelter near the, near the bottom, and there was a chandelier of uh, Bud Light Platinum bottles, if I remember correctly, and uh, hanging from the rock shelter. And so there's plenty of spray paint at both locations. Um, there's, there wasn't as much trash at the lower uh, rock shelter as I've encountered in the past, uh, but there was plenty of you know, just leftover stuff. Um, you know, at the big rock house. So <clears throat> if we look through the seven principles of leave no trace, this is a somewhat instructive hike uh, on everything that you can do wrong and doing it wrong. I think maybe the only thing that uh, these party people have done right is they planted ahead and they prepared because they brought uh, not only the grilling grates to go over the uh, way, uh, way too numerous uh, fire pits that they built, <clears throat> but they also brought a beer pong inflatable table. And so, you know, so they definitely did a lot of planning and preparation in order to haul all that stuff up, uh, up the mountain. So, um, so they did do a planning of, uh, planning and preparation, but maybe just for the wrong things. And then, uh, principle number two is travel and camp on durable surfaces. And so while they were traveling the trail, the camping situation, uh, couldn't have been really, uh, any more destructive. And so you should always camp at least 100 feet from rock shelters, 
um, and rock houses, arches, you know, those sorts of things. And that's uh, for a couple of things. One is that they actually do have sensitive habitat there that uh, some pretty rare species can sometimes grow in. Um, <clears throat> but then the other part is that um, if you're at least 100 feet away, then you won't leave any smoke scarring on the rock. And so the smoke scars on the rock take a long, long time to heal um, and to kind of wash out because since it's sheltered, there's not a lot of water that drains down um, in order to you know, erode off the smoke stains. So <clears throat> the third principle, uh, which is dispose of waste properly, I, I kind of got a kick out of the rock house because um, you know, there's a, a ton of stuff just laying everywhere. Um, but then in the middle of everything was a blue recycling bin. And so, I don't know, maybe their heart was in the right spot uh, when they were up there partying and, you know, recycling uh, cans and bottles may have been uh, more top of mind, but certainly you're not supposed to leave it there. And so whatever you bring up the mountain, make sure you bring it back down the mountain. Um, the principle number four, which is leave what you find, um, you know, there were, I think, four or five different fire rings um, under or near the rock house uh, midway up the mountain. And so um, instead of uh, building all of these extra fire rings and bringing rock from different places, just, you know, one fire ring outside of that uh, shelter is probably more than enough uh, to keep uh, the party crowd entertained. And so, uh, you know, four or five different uh, fire rings, I, I, you know, it's just overkill and then some. Um, and so, of course, that dovetails into principle number five, which is minimize campfire impacts. If you have all of these fire rings everywhere, then you're going to have, um, you know, especially under the rock house, you know, you get all the smoke stains. But then on top of that, you just have tons of uh, rings sitting there, which then creates more people doing fires in different places. It's better really just to concentrate it into one location um, so that you can leave more of the natural landscape intact. And then, of course, number six is respect wildlife. Um, there were plenty of leftover wrappers and other things out there, uh, tons of things that bears, I'm sure, very much enjoy. And so uh, one of the best ways we can respect uh, wildlife and bears in particular is to make sure that we, uh, that we store food properly and we dispose of it properly. And so that means hanging a bear bag, bringing a bear canister um, so that bears do not get habituated to human food because that later turns into problems for hikers. Uh, so the bear that I scared off with my lovely voice uh, may not have run off quite so quickly and instead it may have connected the dots and said, hey, this guy's got food. How about I uh, harass him until I get some food? And so you know, a fed bear is obviously a dead bear and feeding doesn't mean that you're actively just throwing food at a bear. It also means just leaving food behind at your campsite, right? Uh, and then the last one, uh, the most important one on this with the party crowd at Count's Cabin, it's be considerate of others. And so when you leave all this shit laying around, it's, uh, it, you know, it's, it's not very considerate at all. Um, I definitely prefer a natural hiking experience. If I wanted to see a bunch of trash laying around, you know, I can go into town for that anytime, you know. Uh, but you want know, to go out in nature, I want to see natural things. I don't want to see um, leftovers from a party in the woods. So anyway, so that's the Leave No Trace segment. Uh, that party crowd out of the seven, you know, let's just say they did a full fail on six of them. You know, the seventh one or the, you know, plan ahead and prepare. I mean, certainly they did that. They just kind of did it for the wrong things, you know, depending on perspective, I suppose. So anyway, so uh, just a quick fundraising update. The total donated to Kentucky Natural Lands Trust now stands at a big uh, $180. That's 0.18 acres that, according to the Census Bureau, 
was the median lot size for a new home in 2019. How about that? So 18% the goal, that's enough to build a house on, evidently. And uh, so that feels pretty good. And so this has been the Kentucky Hiker Project podcast. If you'd like to sponsor an episode, submit an ad, or give a shout out to one of your fellow hikers, go to the podcast page at kentuckyhiker.org podcast and hit the sponsor an episode link. I can write the ad copy or you can do it yourself. Thanks so much for listening and enjoy your next hike.